0: You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.
1: In Begley, what are your expectations for Julius Randle in Game 1? The Knicks are listing him as
0: questionable and throughout the season whenever a Knick player has been listed as questionable, when we ask Tom Thibodeau about it before the game, which today will be around 4.30, he always, almost always says, game time decision going to see how he feels. So I expect that to be the case with Julius Randle, but what we know is that he's been making steady progress Tom Thibodeau says and that means shooting light running and then progressing to fallout out running without any limitations later this week but we don't know if he's taken contact yet as of Thursday he hadn't been cleared for contact you're listening to Anita Marks
1: I feel very bougie right now
0: on 98.7 ESPN
1: why did I say I felt bougie guys I'm trying to remember why. What were, what 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 was that context? Your I thoroughbreds. I think. Oh yeah. Oh, the thoroughbreds. That's right. I'm a minority owner in thoroughbreds. I'll be sitting in an owner's box. That's right. I do feel bougie about that. <laughs> Thanks for the reminder. Appreciate it, Joe. Um, without further ado, one of my favorite humans on the planet, Nick Friedel. He's just awesome. Every time we have you on, Nick, you just you're bubbly. Uh, your energy is infectious. So uh, appreciate you joining us this afternoon. How you doing?
0: Anita, I'm great, and I appreciate you saying that, but I feel like I upset Joe because he asked me before we came on if I thought the Nets had any chance in that series, and I said no. <laughs>
1: so, oh, oh, come man, on.
0: Breaking his dream <laughs> up, but, uh... I don't see any way the Nets are winning four games in that series.
1: I know, I know, I know. Uh, so again, I, I shared this earlier. You know, the Brainiacs up in in Bristol. I know you've been there. You've seen them. Their little their little department up there and in, in Building Four, <laughs> right?
0: Oh yeah, isn't it funny? Oh, yeah, they all they
1: like they like so so folks that are listening. So when you go, so a lot of us here, you know, we go up to Bristol. The, it, it the camp they call it the campus, quote unquote. It's huge. What, what would you say? Like there's like 35 buildings, 32, 35 buildings, something like that, right, Nick? And so- There, there, um, there are a at, bunch
0: of buildings. Anita, it's like a college campus is how I describe it.
1: No, it is, right, 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 right. It is, it's like a college campus. And so I want to say it's building four um, on the, is it the third, the second or the third floor has the Brainiacs and they have like their own section. I can't even imma- like I can't even imagine what the conversations must be over there. Like I like I just I don't I don't venture. I I would be embarrassed. I don't know. Well, I never want to get into
0: math. <laughs>
1: no, you never want to get in the math over there. But that's where the brainiacs reside, and uh, and they're always put you know pumping out all these like you know, the FPI of this or the FPI of that. Anyway, the Nets have a seven percent chance, uh, the lowest of all these series. The seven percent chance. Of upsetting the 76ers. Um, before we get into X's and O's, I, I think more importantly, there's a very interesting storyline here when it comes to bridges. As we know, went to Villanova grew up in Philadelphia. His mom worked for the 76ers. Uh, the 76ers picked him at number 10 overall and within f- 15 minutes traded him to the Suns. And his mother resigned, doesn't work there anymore. And now, here we are full circle. And Bridges, with his mom in the stands, gets to go up against the 76ers. Kind of, you know, give us some more insight in regard to that storyline and how important you think this series is for the Bridges family.
0: Well, I mean, it's huge. And if Mikhail is like any other NBA player I've come across in a decade and a half covering the league, he's got a really long memory about not Mm -hmm. only getting moved, but that whole night. So, I'm sure he wants to come out and do well. And this really is his moment to show a national audience how much better he's gotten. Because I think the people who follow the league day to day, they can see the numbers. And and you can see it when you watch him play in Brooklyn. He's just a different player than he was ever expected to be in Phoenix. Uh, But this is his time. Because right now, this is his team. And Bridges, I talked to him for a little while few weeks ago i don't think he's comfortable so much as being the the guy up to this point but he's growing into what it would take to be that person night in and night out and this is the big challenge for anybody who wants to take that next step is leading a team in the postseason and uh, the the nets have some solid young pieces but he's got to be the guy if they want to push in this series which again i, I don't believe they can just because of the the roster imbalance, imbalance. But if they want to push, he's got to be the one to make it all happen. And he's plenty talented. It's just a question of, does he have enough with the limited pieces around him to get by Embiid when he's playing at the level he's at?
1: Yeah. uh, I I hear you. Right. Like, you know, he's just, he, here's the thing, you know, it's, it's really interesting. You know, he was like, he was, he was a subpar player, you know a, a second third fourth option in phoenix now he comes he's the number one option uh bigger picture here again we're we're both on the same page we see the 76ers winning i don't know more than likely they will sweep in advance to the, the next round uh, but bigger picture here for the nets uh, like do, nick do, do you like what they have ended up with in, in regard to this trade and and what do you see the the, the nets doing uh, in, in the offseason, in, in building for for the base that they have right now?
0: I mean, I like the pieces that they've got back, but it's, it's very obvious what they're now missing. What they're missing is what they had. And what they had in the old days was Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden, stars. They don't have any stars. It, it remains to be seen whether or not Bridges can reach that level. He's on a nice track right now, but – Is he the number one star on a team that can contend? Uh, He feels more like a two or a a three right now to me on a team that has other highly talented guys on it. Uh, The issue for the Nets is you can have nice young pieces, Bridges, uh, Claxton. Uh, Dinwiddie's given him some good minutes since since the deal. And, uh, you know, I, I think Jacques Vaughn has done a nice job of kind of rallying the group in the moment. But they're not what their record says they are. And so as far as the summer goes, you're trying to package all the draft picks you got and some of the pieces you got in return for a star. But as you and I both know, trying to get a star in the NBA is very difficult. Then trying to get the star in the NBA to come to your team and, and help you build a culture with that group is even more difficult. So the Nets are in a tough place, and I think it's going to be a while until they crack through the top of the East again.
1: Yeah, I, I I hear you. Uh, by the way, uh, the Seventy Sixers laying the eight and a half. I'm, I'm I'll lay it. Um, you know, they're four and zero against the Nets this season. Three and one against the spread. Twenty five and sixteen against the spread at home. Thirty five and twenty three is a favorite. Twenty nine and in and, and twelve straight up at home. Uh, I, I I just I like the Seventy Sixers. Would you lay the eight and a half today, Nick?
0: Yeah, I, I would take the Sixers all day. Although Anita. I don't know when it's going to happen. I just don't buy that the Sixers have the type of killer instinct to sweep a team in the playoffs. So I believe that the Nets are going to get at least one game here. Uh, But uh, I don't think it's today. I think Embiid is just overwhelming, hardened for for all his flaws at this stage of his career. He very obviously wants to dominate the Nets because (laughs) he hates (laughs) the narrative that surrounded him when he – when he wanted out uh, a year or so ago. So I would expect him to, to be ready to roll, but uh, the, the Nets just don't have the firepower to go up against this team or, frankly, any other team in the playoffs.
1: Absolutely. Nick Friedle joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. All right, Nick, let, let's look bigger picture here. Let's talk NBA because I know you do more than just cover the Nets. That's for sure. Uh, and let, let's stick with, with the 76ers and Embiid. Um, As we know, Jokic, Embiid, Giannis, uh, the three that are being considered to win the MVP. Giannis, as we know, he's one, two straight. I think a lot of the, the, and I'm curious if if you have a vote in this, uh, a lot of those in the media that are voting a little reluctant to give him a third MVP because they don't feel that he's uh, entitled to be in the realm of a Larry or a Wilt or a Bill. Um, but he has helped this Denver team reach its top seed. He's averaging 24 points, 11 rebounds, 9 assists a game. Embiid leads the NBA in scoring, and Giannis um, you know, has, uh, has led this, the, the Bucs uh, to you know, their best record in, in franchise history. So with that, all that being said, who do you think wins the MVP, which apparently will, will be announced any time momentarily?
0: It's Embiid. Need he hits an Embiid. People do have uh, at least some Jokic fatigue. Uh, I mean, Kendrick Perkins, when he said all that he did, there were a lot of people going, oh, wait a minute, you know, let, let, let me think about this. But the way Embiid closed the season, especially that game where he was putting up 50-plus and, and Jokic was, was sitting down the stretch, he was hurt. Giannis made a nice push, but he's already won it a couple times. If it's anybody other than Embiid at this point, I'd be shocked.
1: Um, big picture again, uh, looking at, and we just had Ian Begley on not too long ago, looking at this Knicks series, uh, the Brainiacs up there in Bristol give the Knicks a 26% chance of, uh, of pulling an upset. Obviously, a lot of that is uh, is is going to weigh on whether or not uh, Julius Randle will be active and attractive at some point in time. Um, you know, your, your thoughts on this Knicks-Cavs series. How do you think this is going to play out?
0: Anita, I think the Knicks have a legit chance. I really do. And I believe that because they have no fear of the Cavs. I know there's going to be a lot of talk about Donovan Mitchell. We know what the storyline is dating back to last summer. But the Knicks came in here a few weeks ago to Cleveland, and they just dominated And Jalen Brunson dropped 48, which was a career high. If Tibbs has that much time to set up a defensive game plan, having watched him for years and years in the league, he will find a way to at least slow down Mitchell over the course of a series. The question to me is, what kind of level is Randall going to be at? And can Brunson maintain the level he's been at throughout the entirety of the season when he struggled uh, at at times health-wise? the past couple months uh, with with various issues. So I I think they're going to be all right. I think that they can get one of these first two in Cleveland and really find their rhythm going into MSG over next weekend. But that seems like a very low percentage to me. I I view this series as a Spider-Man meme. These two teams are a lot alike. Uh, They've got a, a lot of pieces that go up well against each other, and I think the Knicks' depth in this case is going to help them in this series.
1: Yeah, I, I'm with you. Um, you know, I, obviously a lot is writing on, on Julius Randall and, and if he's not, obviously let's say at at least 75, 80%, how Thibodeau, you know, uh, handles the, the, the rotation and in, in the roster. I think that's going to be a big part of it as well. Um, everybody's expecting the Celtics to possibly sweep the Hawks. Maybe they get one, but that series decided in four, possibly five. What about the Warriors and the Kings? The Warriors have had a horrible schedule on the road, but they have the best probability of an upset at 52% against the Kings. Is it because their travel isn't so far? Um, Your thoughts on this Warriors-Kings series?
2: I
0: am not betting against Steph Curry for the Sacramento Kings to beat him four times, Anita. (laughs) Uh, that that's basically where where I fall here. The Kings have a really nice team, but they have struggled defensively all year. And count me in the group that thinks that the Warriors will be able to turn on the intensity a little more when they need it. I I absolutely expect this thing to go six to seven, but I just cannot bet against Steph on top of Clay being motivated uh, a year later after he came back and Draymond being locked in for another postseason run. So the one thing that I would be concerned about if you're a Warriors fan is that Mike Brown knows that team inside and out. He was Steve Kerr's right-hand man for several years uh, the last few seasons in the Bay, and he knows this group. So if anybody knows how to at least get in front of Steph or, or try and frustrate Clay or Draymond, it's Mike Brown but of course uh, the the secret weapon here and all of this for the Warriors is Andrew Wiggins what kind of player will he be after missing so much time while he's been uh, off the floor so uh, it's a fascinating series I do think the travel is a help for a veteran team like the Warriors because that that is a short hour and a half bus ride back and forth but when you're when you have a team that has won at the level they have uh, you can't tell me that a team that's just coming in for the first time has uh, the firepower enough to beat them.
1: Nick Firdell joining us here on ninety eight point seven ESPN. Really quick, Nick, before we let you go, let's 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 run through the the remaining uh, series that are out there: Lakers and the Grizzlies. Uh, Lakers forty percent chance of an upset against Memphis. Uh, the uh, The Lakers have been great. Um, they they definitely have the more talented rotation. But can they get through Morant and the Grizzlies?
0: I don't believe so. Anita. For me, it's, it's pretty simple. I just think Memphis on the whole is better. I think Ja is motivated to draw the, the stories around him back on the floor. If you win, you start to take care of that. And I, I just think they're a deeper team. LeBron is still great. And AD, when he's out there, is really, really good. I just don't buy that they can stay at that level through the entirety of a series. Giving
1: them this, there. The Heat going up against the Bucks. Uh, the, as we know, the Heat were swept last year. The Bucks, their defense is so good. I think everybody believes the Bucks are going to advance, even though they obviously the Heat beat the Bulls last night. The Suns going up against the Clippers. Suns have a twenty-three percent chance of upsetting uh, the Suns. The Suns eight no zero with KD on the court and they're winning folks by a minimum of 10 points per game. Uh, The Suns, right? Like no doubt. Or what are you hearing about Paul George? Are you giving the Clippers a chance?
0: No, No, I, I believe that KD is just that much better. And Anita, that team is motivated to do it this season. The Clippers are really good. If Paul George was coming in completely healthy, And maybe you feel a little bit differently because they've got a really deep team on top of Kawhi looking more like his old self. But uh, with Kevin feeling good out there on the floor, Devin Booker playing at an incredibly high level, it's up to Chris Paul, not only in this series, but moving forward. What can he give them, and do they have enough depth to get through two months of all the intense games that are in their way? So uh, I'm taking Phoenix, and – I would tell you, I think the winner of the East, if it's Boston-Milwaukee, that's your winner of the finals. But the one team that I think has a real shot is Phoenix because of Kevin and because of the fact that he doesn't have the wear and tear from the year that he usually would because he's missed so many games because of injury.
1: And, of course, uh, the Timberwolves going up against the Nuggets have a 13% chance of beating the Nuggets, but I don't think either of us believe that that could happen. Uh, Nick, thank you so much. Always great having you on the show. So appreciate your time, my friend. Enjoy all the series. I'm sure we'll talk to you soon.
0: You got it. See you, Anita. Thanks for having me.
1: Fantastic. Nick Ferdell joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Quick break. When we come back. We'll take your calls. 800-919-3776. Adam in Jersey, you will be first up. Anita Marks with you on the Saturday afternoon. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets and the 76ers in action. 76ers up 9-7. Uh, we're just a few a few minutes into the game. We'll keep you posted on uh, all the, on that score and all the stats as well throughout the show. 98.7 ESPN.
0: You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7
1: Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza, better because it has to be. 76ers are up 14-13. Brooklyn Nets holding strong. Embiid has two points and two rebounds. Uh, Bridges playing with a grudge. We talked about it with Nick just a second ago. Six points, two rebounds for him as well. Uh, Finney Smith, three points. Uh, Dinwiddie has two points. Um, what is Harden? Two points for Harden. I mean, listen, the game just started. Uh, but still, uh, Nets are, are are holding strong. So Nets and 76ers in action right now. Uh, the next game, obviously, up is... Um, at 3.30 this afternoon with the Hawks going up against the Celtics. 800 uh, 919 Let's go to Adam in New Jersey. Adam, welcome in. What you got? Hey, Anita. I actually took Philly in
0: the 8.5, but uh, good to chat with you. So uh, last talk to you about a year ago, probably right around this time, uh, with the Aaron Judge contract situation, we had a great conversation there. And I uh, just kind of wanted to chime in. Love talking to sports bets. The other day, I had a great hit. Uh, So Dallas Mavericks, they came out, and they were talking about sitting some guys. And I caught the line at, like, plus 290, uh, threw a couple hundred at it, and and had a really nice day. So I kind of look for those situations, and I'm just wondering some feedback from you, because I know you love talking this kind of stuff. I'm looking at the Atlanta Hawks. They're plus 370 right now and I know that sounds kind of crazy, but I think if they're going to steal one game, why not game one?
1: Wow um, yeah I, here and, and, and Adam, thanks for the phone call. I appreciate it. I, I don't want to persuade you if, if, if this is what your gut is telling you to do, I, I am I am not here to persuade you to to do otherwise. Um, I just I, I think I think the Boston Celtics are are just really uber good. Um, so that's a no. Head and show. <laughs> it's it listen, it's a no for me. Uh, the Hawks are getting ten right now. By the way, so that's the line. Boston at home, favored by ten. The over under is two thirty 230, two thirty one. Um, here here is what I would play in that matchup. Uh, Tatum, over 43.5 points, assists, and rebounds combined. Atlanta's got a really, really bad defense. They play an up-tempo style of game. Tatum had 33 points, at minimum, 33 points in three of his last four games against Atlanta. Um, He's averaging 41 minutes uh, per game in the postseason and uh, an average 43.5 minutes in the regular season. So with the combination of the number of minutes that Tatum is playing, along with Atlanta having a really horrible defense, <laughs> and them playing a very up tempo pace of play, uh, and Tatum averaging 33 points a game, I, I that that's that would be my play in that Atlanta Boston Celtics matchup. Tatum over 43 and a half points, assists, and rebounds combined. Just my two cents. I would rather play that than whether or not Atlanta is going to cover against arguably one of the best teams in the east 800-919-3776 we come back let's switch gears Uh, let's talk a little bit about the yankees and the mets uh as they are back in action this afternoon uh we'll do that when we get back right here on 90.7 espn
0: you're listening to anita marks on 98.7 espn
1: yeah, Lindor uh, had a phenomenal game yesterday. Nina Marks with you on this Saturday afternoon eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. We get you in just a second, Richard in Manhattan. Uh, I'll I, I see you. Uh, we will hear you shortly as the Mets beat the A's yesterday seventeen to six. This is uh Oakland A's team. They're three and ten on the season, two and five at home. Meanwhile, the Mets 8-6 on the season, 4-4 four four on the road, third best on-base percentage in the National League at 3-4-7. Four, four, Lindor had a grand slam as well as a three-run double, so he had seven RBIs yesterday. The A's walked 17 batters. Uh, <laughs> they didn't break the record, though. Last time they they walked 18 batters was when they were the Philadelphia A's back in 1916. And that was 18, so they sure came close. That's for sure. Um, here's another thing for you. The Mets, they lead Major League Baseball in regards to most players hit by a pitch at 12. Not bad. Ouch. But you get ducks on the pond. That's for sure. So uh, the, the Mets just kicked off a 10-game road trip. Later on today, 4 o'clock, back in action against the A's, who obviously, as we just said, do not do well at home. Carrasco on the bump for uh, for the Mets Sunday. Scherzer at four o'clock, and then um, and then they head to L.A. They're taking on the Dodgers. So this week, just be prepared. You're going to be up late, Mets fans. Some late games Tuesday night, uh, ten o'clock against uh, the Dodgers, and then of course they leave L.A. and they go to San Francisco, and they've got a four game series against the Giants. So West Coast swing right now for the Mets. In the National League East, Atlanta at the top at 10 and 4. The Mets right behind them at 8 and 6. If you recalled when we started the season, I gave you some of my futures bets. I said I did like the Atlanta uh, uh, Braves to, of course, win the division. I felt they were the best team. Right now, that's what it looks like. Verlander uh, bullpen session today. We'll see how soon he can be back in action. So that's what's going on with the Mets, and uh, their game first pitch is at 4 o'clock this afternoon, uh, game two against the Oakland A's. As for the Yankees, I want to bring in Anthony. Anthony, I'm sorry, you just, you in the break, you just you gave me an update in regard to the Yankees' twins. So the Yankees are up by two, right?
2: Yep, Kyle Higashioka, two-run home run in the second inning off Mailey, and they are up 2 nothing. After losing two games in a row to the twins, which they don't usually do.
1: Yankees usually own the twins. Oh, I'm sorry, you done?
2: No, no, I'm good. I was having fun. Yeah, two nothing but two nothing after two. I was just I was just giving I was
1: giving that background like right, like that's that's what usually follows. The Six
2: Flags guy. Yep.
1: Bum 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 bum. Anyway, uh, unfortunately, the Yankees—they've lost two straight against the Twins. Hopefully, that changes today. Now that they are, have a two-run lead, bottom of the second against the Twins, um, Correa could have been a could have been a Yankee. Should have, would have, coulda. Uh, did not happen. Obviously, uh, he's. Did you guys know this? He's got four straight games against the Yankees where he's hit a home run. That sounds are right. You aware of that.
2: That sounds right. Usually, former so. Astros and Astros just do well against the Yankees. That's just the way this has been going. So it's not surprising
1: but, this is uh, a, it
2: hurts more this is them. a
1: twin this is a twins team they're they're pretty good, ten four on the season they've won four straight, six and two on the road, four and o. here's another thing. they are four and o in games where they have not allowed a lot of home run, so obviously that is not a trend that is going to work against the Yankees today. Yankees, eight and six as we know, four and four at home they've got twenty three home runs on the season <clears> Herman. <throat> Uh, on the bump for the Yankees today. On Sunday, it will be Cole against Lopez. That first pitch is at 135. Um, And here's even better news. The Rays lost yesterday. How How about about that?
2: that. Yeah, finally. To
1: to the Toronto Blue Jays. Now, again, and Anthony, I know we haven't worked together in a while. I was giving out some futures bets uh, prior to the Major League Baseball season starting. And so I like the Atlanta uh, Braves to win the American, the National League East. I like the Toronto Blue Jays to win the uh, American League East. Now, as we know, this is a raised team. Now they're 13 and 1. They lost to the Blue Jays yesterday, 6 and 3. But how about this? When they were 13 and 0, those games were against Detroit, Washington, Oakland, and Boston, which all four of those teams are the cellar dwellers of their division.
2: Well, look. I mean, you so don't, you, you can only play, good, play you play. Right? You are
1: as good as your competition says you are, right?
2: But you still got to beat them, right? And they still managed to do that. And any and any thirteen game win streak is impressive. Um, but yeah, now you face Toronto, and and they were a formidable opponent, and uh, and they and they suffered their first loss last night. But that, you have a what yeah, four or so five game lead already. That's pretty good in in the middle of April.
1: Oh, it's it's fantastic. Listen, it's it's fantastic. All I'm saying is this is the first game. <clears throat> that the Toronto Blue Jays played against a team that has a winning percentage right, above right. 500 and they lost. And they lost. So th- I'm just and I'm just so there's that. So I like Toronto to win the American League East and my best bet was the Arizona Diamondbacks to go over 76 and a half wins and once you know it What They're are the Diamondbacks? Well I have
2: to look They're at winning number. their number
1: division right now.
2: I, winning the division, they're are they one of the, the only teams right now. that haven't lost a series yet. I don't think, as well.
1: They're eight and they're eight and six. Um, they're uh, th- so they've got a better win. They've got a better. They're ahead of the Dodgers. Dodgers seven and seven. Padres seven and eight. Giants five and eight. Rockies five and nine. So. Uh, but they're eight and six, and that was my best bet, my best futures bet coming into the season was the Arizona Diamondbacks over seventy six and a half wins. They had seventy four wins last season, so um, so that's looking good as well. So uh, just to kind of take a, taking a, a broad stroke in or around Major League Baseball, um, uh, some other news out there pertaining to the Yankees. Did you guys see this that uh, that Aaron Judge won a trademark? Decision in the courts for all rise. I did see Apparently this. some dude in some dude in Long Island, Michael Chesina. I hope I'm Chesina. I hope I'm pronouncing that properly. Sorry, not sorry. I just, it's not, it's not one of my strengths. Um, uh, I, I guess tried to t- trademarked all rise and, um, an Aaron judge fought it in court in one. So, so there's that. So.
2: Can Imagine if he lost it. You know, th- where would you go from there, really? Yankee fans use I, All Rise so much that, and all the all the merch that he has for it. I mean, it's very clever. I'll give him that. Good on the guy in line for trying. Could have been extremely
1: though. lucrative. Yeah, could have <laughs> yes. been extremely lucrative for this Michael dude. So there's that. I want to say. Do you remember when Tim Tebow was? Um, so so when Tim Tebow when, when news came out that Tim Tebow was going to sign with the Jets, there was some talk and speculation that he was going to move to Hoboken. Okay. So I trademarked so I trademarked
2: <laughs> How'd that work out?
1: <laughs> he didn't he didn't move to Hoboken. No, he so didn't. it but but I was one step ahead of the game and I trademarked Teboken.
2: It would have been great if it panned out. So
1: yeah. I, I probably would have gotten sued, but um so Michael <laughs> no, no I'm not throwing stones, dude. I don't live in a glass house. I did the same thing. Do you want to so, do Roboken for Rogers? That. Well, there there is some talk and in, in speculation that he is he is looking at apartments here in Hoboken.
2: And Williamsburg. That sounds like it's a very Rogers place, co- doesn't what it? What would
1: be his commute. Unless he had a helicopter. His commute would be like ridiculous. Come on.
2: Troy he's, not gonna, he's not going to move to... Hel- Helipad and he's Hoboken. not going to move to... Reap. I could see it. I mean, in uh, Williamsburg. He's either,
1: he's either... He's a Williamsburg guy. He's a Williamsburg guy. He's He's. He's also... He's an East Village guy. He's very granoli. Yes. He's an East Village guy. Or he's a... Uh, I don't... I don't see him being a Hoboken guy. But, again, I know people here. I've been here a long time. I know he's looking... I know he's investigating. He's investigating in Hoboken. So, so what are you, so what are you saying, Joe? You think I should, you think I should trademark something before this goes down? You know, Do that. And then meet up with him at the dog park, maybe discuss the terms of engagement. Does he, does he have dogs? I don't think he's willing. I don't think he's got a guy big on commitment. Well, he's Anita- not a big on, he's not a guy big on commitment or, or, or responsibility.
2: Well Anita you missed it this week because you you were uh, you were away. Um, the K show had a Packer's Insider brand new totally new Packer's Insider Marco Lavero. He was on. He gave us the latest on Rodgers. Let's let's take a listen to what he had to say.
1: What
0: I'm hearing is that people are thinking, and the people that are thinking are talking, and the people that are talking are talking to each other. And the feeling is that if one side caves over the other, then that side will get the player or players that they're looking for in the possible trade that can happen either before or after the draft. (laughs) My hearing
2: is that it will happen before the season starts.
1: And Who that's, is that? that? That guy was on the K show?
2: That's our good friend Don LaGreca. Sick of hearing about oh. Roger's speculation and creating his own insider, Marco oh. Lavero. So we'll be hearing from Marco throughout the process as long as this takes for Rogers. Expect to hear more from Got Marco Lavero.
1: Okay, so that was, like, that was like a little comedy skit.
2: I mean, you know, you've heard it, Anita. We've done this for like three weeks now. We hear Adam Schefter say that they're close. We hear Jeremy Fowler say that they're close. We hear
1: mm-hmm.
2: everybody, everybody on ESPN say that it's close, but nothing has really happened. So we're kind of more getting...
1: importantly, what should I? More importantly, what should I trademark for money? That's a good question. If he moves, right. if he moves to Hoboken, Roboken. I think
2: Roboken. I think Joe had it. I think Roboken is the way to go.
1: Roboken. Should mm-hmm. I trademark? Mo- tra- <laughs> okay. Um, 800 I do want to spend some time talking. I do want to spend some time talking NFL and, and getting up to speed in regard to what I'm hearing. Uh, not that I'm a comedy skit, uh, in regard to Aaron Rodgers and, uh, and, and also the latest on Saquon Barkley and the giants. But before we do, I, I also want to have a conversation in regard to what's going on in major league baseball. As we know, a lot of rule changes. So as I know, it's a small sample size. We're just, a few weeks in to the Major League Baseball season. But what has those rule changes done for the game? I want to dive into that next. Uh, We'll do that when we return right here on 98.7 ESPN.
0: My hearing is you're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.
1: Anita Marks with you on this Saturday afternoon here on 98.7 ESPN. So uh, so Anthony Rizzo, a uh, home run. So now the Yankees are up 3-0. Hey, now. Uh, that's great. I, I want to get into some uh, Major League Baseball discussion regarding to the new rules and how that's affecting Major League Baseball. But just for a second, in the break, Joe notified me that Aaron Rodgers actually has not one but two dogs. How about that? So uh, we-, we Googled, you know, GTS. Uh, apparently him and Olivia Munn, who, of course, he dated... Uh, for a, a little over right, a year or two years, something like that, um, have two rescue dogs. One name, uh, one of the dogs' his name is Chance. He's a Cavalier King Charles, which, by the way, I have a funny story with uh, Eli Manning and his King Charles. Um, and then they also have a dog named Frankie, who's a Terrier Mix. And, of course, I have a Frankie. My Frankie is a long-haired white chihuahua. And when he was a puppy, he had blue, blue, crystal clear blue eyes. And I live in Hoboken. So, of course, I've got to name him Frankie after Frank Sinatra. So, that's interesting. That's a way that I guess Rogers and I could connect that we both have a dog named Frankie. His is a terrier mix. Mine is a long haired white chihuahua. Um,
2: when you're bonding in Hoboken. And he has, all-
1: yeah, we'll be bonding in Hoboken. Uh, and he also has a-, a Cavalier King Charles. But apparently, um, Munn and him have joint ownership of the dogs. So not sure. Will he bring the dogs with him here to New York? Listen, I will tell you this. There's no better place for a dog to live than in Hoboken. There is a dog park in every street corner. It, it's, it's the, the life for a dog here in Hoboken is ridiculous. It, it really is. There is a vet there is a puppy store or, you know, um, pet store. There is a pet store. There is a vet. There is a 24 hour care service. There are dog parks. There are dog runs. There are, like, th- to me, there is no better place to um, have a dog than in Hoboken. But anyway, uh, to sum up our conversation, Aaron Rodgers has two pups, Chance. Cavalier, King Charles, and Frankie, a Terrier mix. So for those out there who uh, who hang out in the dog parks in Hoboken, maybe when this deal does go down with Aaron Rodgers and he does move to Hoboken and you see him at the dog park, now you know the name of his two dogs. So you could thank us later. All right, guys, uh, before we, we do a deeper dive into the situation that both the Jets and the Giants are facing right now as we get closer to the NFL draft, I, I do want to circle back in regard to what's going on in Major League Baseball. First and foremost, let's start with Aaron Judge, okay? And Anthony, again, I, I know this is our, our first time working together in, in quite a while. Um, I was poo-pooing and underestimating Judge's ability to it, hit over 60 home runs this season, which, by the way, just FYI, uh, the season began over under 45.5 home runs for Aaron Judge. And I told the folks out there to take the under that I thought I was going to see some regression. Okay. So full disclosure, I'm very honest, uh, in, in regard to my analysis. So right now, Aaron judge has five home runs, home runs are up. Batting averages are up. Walks are up. Why pitchers are struggling with the clock. And, uh, and this is right now, even before weather, te- weather temperatures obviously are going to heat up, which happens, uh, when weather temperatures get warmer, Uh, Bats start flying, balls start flying, and home runs go up as well. So as of right now, Judge has a really good shot of, if he stays healthy, matching, if not excelling, what he did last year. Otani right now, plus 140 to win the MVP. Let's be honest, if Judge surpasses his home run record of last year, Uh, I think he will win the MVP yet again, and you can get that right now at plus 650. The over-under of home run total for Aaron Judge is off the board. I can't find it anywhere. But uh, based on the season that Judge has had so far, right now if you're feeling really confident that he's going to stay healthy and this type of production because pitchers are struggling with the clock and whatnot, um, we're going to get into steals and uh, batting averages as well, which plays into – Aaron Judge um, as well hitting home runs as well as RBIs because there's more ducks on the pond, right? So there's that. Um, but right now, Aaron Judge has five home runs and you can wager that he'll win the MVP at plus 650, just FYI. So before we move on to other things, guys, your thoughts, and again, Anthony and Joe are producing the show this afternoon, your thoughts on the season we've seen so far from from Aaron Judge and um, do you think that... Do you feel confident that there's a really good opportunity for him to match if not excel what he did last season? I mean, what he did last season was one of the four best hitting seasons of all time, Anita. I don't know, and I don't want to, you know, I don't want to come back and say I'm a judge fan, but hitting 63, I mean, he barely hit 62, so I think all the chips have to align and I mean if you could hit 50 again, I think that would be tremendous. I don't know about 60, much less 62 or 63. See, here's, here's the thing. Uh, again, the over-under was 45 and a half. So if you took the over, kudos to you. Right now it's looking good. He stays healthy. I think you're going to win that, especially the way that everything is kind of playing out here in regard to the new rule changes. Um, but also, don't forget, I think he struggled – to get to that 60 plus number because there was so much pressure on him. I don't think that there's going to be as much pressure on him this season as there was last. I think a big reason there was a big chunk of time there where he couldn't surpass that number again, because I think he was, he was really struggling because it was the talk. It was, um, it it, it was the main topic. And I think it was just too much pressure. I don't think that, I guess so, just in summing up my analysis, I just don't think there'll be as much pressure on him this season. Anthony?
2: No, I think that's fair. And kind of like Joe said, you know, to expect this on a consistent basis, 60-plus home runs, is crazy. But actually, he's off to a better start this year than he was last year. I think it took him almost 20 games to get uh, to the amount of home runs that he has now. Um, So... The way that he's playing right now and the way that balls are flying out of the ballpark, as you stated, sure, maybe he can. I mean, Pete Alonso's having a fantastic season. Uh, he might get over 60 home runs this year with the Mets. Um, and he really is one of the only bats you have to fear in that lineup uh, right now for the Mets. So two guys that are that are uh, interesting to watch. Something, Anita, that was transpiring while while the segment was going on here. It looks like we had a sticky situation, no pun intended, in the Bronx. Um Domingo Herman was uh, looked at by uh, the officiating crew um, for what uh, appeared to be a foreign substance. I mean, he was looked at extensively, got a talking to. Aaron Boone was out there, the, the interpreter was out there, um, to talk to him about whatever it is that, whether it was the, the Twins saw or Rocco Baldelli saw. So he got a talking to, and he was allowed back on the mound. Um, twins manager Rocco Baldelli not happy about that, and he has been ejected. So Herman pitching very well on the mound right now, after a check for what everyone appeared to think was a foreign substance, and um, that did not make the Twins manager very happy. So something I'm sure oh, that we'll wow. hear about after the game.
1: I'm sure. Thank you for that update. Appreciate it. Uh, in in regard to steals this season, um, the steal rate in Major League Baseball is the highest it's been since 1999. Obviously, big reason why, limiting, of course, the, the pickoffs of the runners on first, and of course, the size of the bases— now extending three inches both ways, so eliminating six inches off the baseline. So, And teams now have a 81% success rate. So teams out there that are being uber-aggressive in stealing have an 81% success rate, which is really surprising to me because there's teams out there that are not being aggressive in stealing, but with the new rule changes, why not? Why aren't you being aggressive? Absolutely. So... So really, really interesting there. So steals again, the highest rate uh, since 1999, and the success rate is at 81 percent. In regard to batting average, batting average is up. It was 243 last year. It's 257 right now. It's the best batting average collectively as a whole since 2009. How about that? 2009, and a big reason why, obviously, is 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 the clock. Um, here's another thing for you. This is really interesting guys. Older pitchers are having a, a, a more difficult time with the clock. They have clock issues. Pitchers who are 34 years and older are averaging a five, five, three ERA Pitchers who are 33 and younger are averaging a four, three, four ERA
2: old habits die hard, right?
1: Yep. Yep. Um, what is it? Uh, leopard can't change its spots. Right. Can't, can't can't teach an old dog new tricks. So, um so older pitchers having a much more difficult time with the pitching clock. 553 five, ERA compared to 33 years or younger with a 434. Four. That's a, that's a pretty you're talking about a, like an like a whole point plus in regard to ERA. Um walks 9%. The highest it's been since 2000 walks 9%, and also, last but not least, games, they're averaging two hours and 37 minutes. Two hours and 37 minutes. So, uh, obviously, you know, the fast fastest it's been ever <laughs> in the history of Major League Baseball. So I, I just want to kind of, I, I came across this article, I, I found it to be pretty interesting, and I just want to kind of, I know it's a short sample size season just began, uh, but um, but based on the rule changes, Uh, what we're seeing differently this year in Major League Baseball. Quick break. We come back. uh, We've got click or don't click, a fun way we find out what is trending right now at 2 o'clock in the afternoon on this Saturday. We'll find out next right here on 98.7 ESPN.